good again? Oh, you got it, yeah. You're listening to Happy Vermont, a podcast about places you love in the Green Mountain State. I'm Erica Housekeeper. The sound you just heard was a tractor on top of a hill in the Northeast Kingdom. It powers a rope tow. Pete and Sandy Gebby are farmers and skiers. They have three rope toes on their 400-acre property, which sits at an elevation of about 2,000 feet. When the snow is good, friends come over to ski. Anyone can visit the farm to ski for free, but you need to be in touch with Sandy and Pete at least a day ahead of time, and signed a lengthy waiver. This year marks the 90th anniversary of the first rope toe, which opened at Gilbert's Hill in Woodstock in January 1934. It got me thinking about backyard rope toes and why rope toes hold a special place in our hearts. I was invited up to Pete and Sandy's a couple weeks ago to ride what they call the little toe. I figured it was a kitty toe. No big deal, right? Not exactly. The speed of the toe was about 20 miles an hour, and I had to use every muscle in my body to hang on to get to the top of the slope. I've skied most of my life, but I've never been on a rope toe quite like this one. I took about four runs, and you know what? It was the most fun I've had skiing in ages. Here's Pete to start us off. My father started a rope toe because he thought it was expensive to go to the ski areas. There were four of us kids, and we all skied. He skied, too. I continued it from him starting it. And you were five years old? I was five when I started skiing. And that's how old you were when the rope toe went in? Yes. Is it the same rope toe that's out there now, or have you had to? And you have no. three? Well, we've had it three different places over across the road, ever searching for more hill. And uh, now it's down below. I guess we have three rope toes right now out there, and most of them have been moved around a little bit, always looking for a better place to put it. Right. And what it, what makes it a good place? The rope line what the steep is, yeah. what what the land is going to allow for various trails. It's moved even oh, out there. It's even moved the little toe is multi moved. times. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to get a better rope line. That's a lot of it. And what's the difference between the three toes? Just one's harder than the next. Taller, steeper. The biggest one is pure trees, pretty much maple trees. So there are no trails. It's completely gladed whereas the smallest one actually has some trails. Open areas. Mm. Yeah. So the little toe, historically what we've done is we run the little toe on Sundays from noon to three, noon to whatever. And that's for families, little kids. It's just an easier place to ski, easier trails. And then just two years ago, Peter started developing the middle toe, and they've had the big toe out there for oh, almost 20 years. I yeah, think. yeah. How many trails do you have? <laughs> on, five. The, on the little toe? Probably five. five or six, yeah. You must be a good skier. Do you ski too, Sandy? I had to. I, I had to learn to ski. You know, I've told this story a hundred times that when I was dating Peter, I was standing in the kitchen here on a Sunday watching Peter and all these people skiing over there on a Sunday. And his, his father looked at me and he said, I think you're going to need to learn to ski. And I said, yeah, I think so. I mean, up until then, I'd just done some cross country. So I learned to ski and 
I am the weakest link in the family for skiing, but I'm there most Sundays. <laughs> but all three of our kids skied. Our oldest daughter is like Peter for a skier. Very, very good skier. Kathy, the middle one, is a snowboarder. I did a story a couple years ago about the rope tow at Northeast Slopes over in East Corinth, and they had this old truck, and it was hooked up to a motor. Like, how do you power your rope tows? We've always powered it with some kind of tractor. In the beginning, it was uh, Farmall H. Now it's more modern tractor. We kind of like Sami tractors because they start really well in the winter, and all three of our toes each have a tractor, which stay out there all winter. So we like them to start so we don't have to mess with them. So they're running the whole time that the rope toes are right. kind of... Right, and it's a very simple device that we've come up with, uh, just a simple shaft to a set of two rubber tires tight together, and the rope runs in between the two of them. Okay. How fast do the toes go? Probably faster than a lot of people are used to. I'd say 20 miles an hour. Oh. It'll go a lot faster. <laughs> do sometimes people ask you to crank it up, or do you go on uh, it sometimes real fast? <laughs> When we, when I was a little kid, we used to crank the one up that my dad had. It had three speeds to it. It had a transmission in in the middle, and and you could uh, you could really fly going uphill with that one. It's usually the other way around. Like if we have newbies here, people that are just learning, little kids, somebody might ask him to slow it down a little bit for the kids. Sure. We yeah, do. they're not always the easiest, and they can really wreak havoc on your gloves, or you know. Mm-hmm. They, they don't make mittens that'll take it anymore. We've searched and uh, <laughs> they don't exist. Yeah. We, we go through a lot of mittens every year. I usually buy a couple dozen leather mittens and I can get a, a discount price on them. The other skiers will come here and say, you got any mittens for sale because mine are, and there's just holes Rags. on both sides. <laughs> so who comes here to ski? Where do people come from? It's mostly the... Craftsbury, Hardwick... Glover, Irisburg. A little bit of Morrisville, Hyde Park. Yeah, that's true. Occasionally someone from way off that's just here one time. And it's word of mouth or someone who's been here brings along a, a friend. A friend, yeah. A family member and that's it. Yeah. But you have regulars. We do. There's probably about a dozen. Yeah. So any particular like Sunday, we might have eight people here. We might have 20. We've had 50. We've had as many as 50. 50 is a little overwhelming, but... And you know that it's going to be crazy when you've just had fresh powder and you got sunshine. And 25 degrees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair weather. You're going to see a lot of people come out of the woodwork. That'll be a big day. We kind of love to see everybody come, but that 50 was... That was a lot. When was that? Oh, that was a couple probably years ago. Three, three, four years ago. Yeah. Every was, year there's one big day. Yeah. 35, yeah. 40. Will people come here midweek or on a Saturday? Does it just depend on? Pretty much I, I say that people who don't need to work for a living come here during the week. They can take time off. They maybe aren't doing anything and love to ski. And the people that come here are kind of your regulars, like they're protective of this place. Very, yeah. There's like that hardcore group that I talked to of about a dozen people that are very protective of Pete and I, of Pete's Mountain, the whole thing. They're, they're worried that someone might take advantage and they want to make sure, are you signed in? Do you know how to... And they're very good about showing a new person how to use the rope. 
doesn't have to be just Pete or I that do it. It's a good group of people. That's our social life, definitely, in the winter is that group of people. They're very valuable, very nice people. That's good to have that sense of community. You know, it's interesting, 90 years ago, the first rope tow in the U.S. started operating Mm -hmm. in Woodstock on Gilbert's Hill or Mm -hmm. Gilbert's Farm. And there's still some existing rope tows around. I mentioned Northeast Slopes. There's Cochran's, Muscutney Outdoors. These are kind of public, like, open ski area places that have these rope tows. But then a lot of people have kind of their own backyard rope tow thing Mm -hmm. going on for their kids, maybe their friends and family. They're not open to the public necessarily. You know, you might hear about them, but it's like they don't want... A lot of publicity. Yeah. Yeah. You have built a community. Most of the people who come here, you know, it's, you know, your your core group here. Maybe sometimes you get some new people. Mm-hmm. What was it about opening Pete's Mountain up to people to come outside of maybe your your immediate family? Was there any rhyme or reason behind it? Well, when it was started, there wasn't any such worry about not doing that. Started, I think, in 61. For me, yeah. I don't want to ski alone. I would be if we didn't let people come here. It's always more fun to have your friends there, people yuck it up, they talk, compare how their week's been, or, you know, when are we going skiing next, and it's just a community. Some people bring food. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So in 61? When his dad started the tow. Started the tow. Yeah. Okay. Originally. And back then, well, there were more tows around, more backyard tows, and... You had a lot of people coming here then. Oh, everyone in the community decided they wanted to ski. You had busloads of then. kids. Yeah. Schools were busing kids up here. They would run it. You ran it more than just one day a week. The The local school had a winter carnival here a couple of winters. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was a big deal. I still run into people who say, oh, you know, you're Sandy Gebby. Well, I grew up skiing on that ski tow across from your farmhouse. I mean, they still remember that. And it was a big thing for them. There were a lot of people. There were cars lining this road. And that's where that whole sense of community came in. And then Pete and I moved to Wyoming for a year because we kind of knew we were going to farm forever. So we went away for a year. And when we came back and picked up the tow again, got it going, I think we moved it shortly after that out to the, across the road. Like a year or two later? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we still had a fair number of people. And then I was thinking like when our kids were still little, we went through that dry spell. Well, there's been ups and downs. There's been times where we would be almost the only people out there and the... Last 15 years mm-hmm, or so, a, there's been a big increase of people that want non-ski area, don't want pack trails, doesn't hurt that it's free. They want the glades, they want the powder, yeah. they want it, it's close. You we used to pack the hill. Yeah. And we sit there and wonder why we did that now. Yeah. Because we love it, not touched, but right. you know, I used to spend... Two, three, four hours, twice a week packing it. How did you pack it? I had something I dragged behind a tractor, and almost inevitably I'd get stuck and walk home and have to get something else to pull me out. It, it was, thinking back, it was not a fun thing. Well, you spent many, many hours, and this is still while we're farming full time. Yeah. Milk and cows, I was working off the farm as well as on the farm, and I swear 
every Saturday and Sunday, if you had free time, you were out getting the toe ready for skiing on Sunday, and you'd spend hours and hours packing it. We've worked pretty hard to make it trouble-free. Yeah. But and there were Tractors times- are out there now. You used to take them out every Sunday and hitch them up. Don't pack it. Occasionally, my nephew will start things so that I don't even have to. So it's maybe more... More enjoyable for us, yep. <laughs> less work. Totally. But those dry spells, when when we had very few people, if any, coming, it would be Pete and I and the three kids, and you know we'd get chores done and do whatever we had to do, and then we'd go out there and we'd ski for an hour, a couple hours, and it just was not as much fun, just not. And then we had another family that came in with a couple of kids, the Bursings, and watching our kids have a good time with their kids and skiing out there in and out of the trees and just bombing around. And then it just slowly started picking up again. Hmm. Peter said people started looking for close to home, free, powder, glades, more back country. Do you know other people, I'm not asking you to name them, but do you know other people who run backyard toes? Like, is there kind of a backyard toe community? Like you talk equipment or? Yes. I keep remembering one guy that came here because he's having trouble running his toe and he was running it off a steel wheel and he said it would slip and burn things up and I showed him how we have done it forever. I remember telling him how we like the power source, the tractor at the top of the hill because you're pulling people up. Whereas if you put it at the bottom, where our original toes, the tractor is at the bottom, you're pushing them up with a rope, which really doesn't work well. And then I remember him being quoted in some big magazine like Powder Magazine, exactly those words. (laughs) (laughs) Did he take all the credit? (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) That's great. There sounds like there's a lot of perks for you to have the rope toes here. You know, your community, you've got people coming over. It's a very kind of social Mm -hmm. part of your life. Are there any downsides? Like, does it get tiring or like... When things go wrong and you're racing around to make it work and you maybe wish you were sitting at home watching the Super Bowl or something, yeah. You know, when a tractor won't start or you've got to go out there and fiddle with something on on the tow unit, yeah. It's not fun, especially when you've got maybe 15 people standing there waiting to go and nothing's running. It's frustrating. Also, one of the downsides is if you want people to come, you have to consistently run it. Right. So every Sunday, we're running it. And there may be times that we might like to maybe take off and go to New York, see one of the kids or something or or something else is happening, but you really can't do that because if no. you don't show up, they're not going to show up. So it's every Sunday. And Pete has me uh, send out a snow report like Sunday morning to let people know because we have a, a list and say, it's raining, it's freezing, there's no way you guys are going to want to ski or it's great skiing, come on over, sun's going to be up, blah, blah, blah. So... And then, you know, other than Sunday, we typically would run Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah. Okay. One, one of the other toes. Yeah. So yeah. And he then it let... becomes half the week. <laughs> and you let people know when, when you want to run the big toe. Yeah. Right. And the big toe is pretty much invitation only because it is 
takes it takes more skill. Newbies come along, and we uh, we tell them, "Well, come to the little toe first, and we'll we'll see how you do." We kind of vet them. Yeah, that's good. Because no. just getting up it can be more than some people can handle. Oh, oh sure. yeah, that's the hardest part. Yeah, I'm getting old enough, so it's I can barely get it up it anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've actually You've stopped it doing up. the big toe. I can get up probably two, maybe three times, and then I just lose my grip. I just can't do it anymore. So it's just not really worth it for me. I can ski everything we've got out there, but going up that rope is hard. It is. Yeah, you're working uh, when you when you ski a rope toe. You're working all day, yeah. not just half the day. Let's talk a little bit about the farm. So the farm has been here since 1850s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm fifth generation. Okay. Probably the last. No succession no. plan. We have tried to get people interested in farming here, but dairy farming is not a lucrative business to it, be in. It's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you've said that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So we've kind of transitioned. We've stopped dairy. Mm. We just do beef now. Pete runs a methane digester, and we sugar. So. Yeah. And you have how many trees tapped for sugaring Almost 7,000. So do you do that all in January, pretty much? Yes, yeah, I I have someone do it now, uh, and I basically tell them anytime after Christmas get started. Snow's not quite so deep. Yeah, we won't actually make any syrup probably until March. Right, and do you you know like do people come here during sugaring season? Not so much to ski, but like do you do like the Maple Open House weekend or anything like that? We tend not to because yeah. we're off the beaten path, and yeah. people don't even know we're here. We'll have friends, maybe neighbors stop by if they see we're boiling. They'll stop in and chat with us for a bit. We always do a sugar on snow party, free, open to everybody. Our sugar on snow party is kind of a way of just saying to our neighbors, you know, thanks for putting up with living next to a farm. The farm's been here a long time. Pete, you grew up here. You went to UVM. And then Sandy, you studied nursing. Mm Mm-hmm. So how did you two meet? Oh, we went to the same high school. I was a year ahead of him. Didn't hardly know each other there, though. I knew who he was. But then we met up again just before my senior year at UVM. And you had just finished VTC. And you were going to go to UVM for a year. Yeah. Yeah. So we met up the summer before my senior year at UVM. Peter's always been, I've... Notice, even though we're a dairy farm or we're a dairy farm, now we're beef. His love has always been making the land better than he found it. So he uses a fair amount, many, many acres of other people's land to crop or to pasture. And he will do soil samples. Does it need lime? Does it need fertilizer? Does it need drainage? He's always fixing it up and wanting to leave it better than he found it. And you're never going to find him cropping a field that he doesn't fertilize, take care of, or drain because it's not fair to the land. It's not good to the land. It's not going to be good for anybody else going forward. And that's where his he gets really excited about fixing the land. He loves that. <laughs> I remember when you came home and... I don't know how big that bulldozer is, but it's big. How big is that bulldozer? About a D7 and a half. Yeah, it's big. And he was just kind of renting it, trying it out. We had half the neighborhood here for like a week. All the guys were here trying to sit on it, run it, try it out. Big boy toy. Peter ended up buying it. And he has 
taken care of and cleaned up and fixed a lot of land with that bulldozer. And he's just in seventh heaven when he's doing it. He loves it. He loves running the equipment and he does it well. Mm. So it's to leave it better than we found it. And I keep saying to people when we talk about Vermont and tourism, I don't know what's going to happen when the dairy farms are pretty much gone because they're the ones keeping it open. Vegetable farmers or sheep growers, they're all great in their place, but they're not going to keep the number of acres open that you currently have right now. It's going to change the scenery. It's going to change what agritourism looks like. And I don't know as we've really thought that far out down the road. But without dairy, you're going to have a different view, literally and figuratively. I've never thought of that before. Yeah. When you don't have, how many people are going to want to bush hog their fields when the farmer's gone? How many vegetable growers are going to be able to keep 400 acres or keep 250 of it open? It's expensive to do it. So You mentioned earlier that this is the farm is in its fifth generation. You know, your kids live elsewhere. Do you see yourselves retiring anytime soon or? We supposedly are. Uh, You are retired now? But not really. I'm working with some other younger farmers. One of them raises beef with me. Another one hays some of my land. And they're in their 40s. You know, we're trying to keep the place used and beyond them, who knows? Yeah. What about the rope toe? Do you see that continuing? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah? We have a daughter and son-in-law that live in upstate New York that may, at some point, move back to Vermont. Skiing's and, real important to them. Yes. Whether they're going to want to do the every Sunday that it takes to keep that community going, I don't know. Maybe they'll just run it sporadically. We've said we've done as much as we can to keep this farm vital and paying for itself. When we're gone, we can't control that. So, you know, it'll go to our three daughters and they'll do what they will with it. Don't want to direct their lives. So, right. Yeah. It's always a big conversation, you know, succession planning or figuring out, you know, what's next. It's, yeah. Yeah. When people come here, I'm always interested when folks talk about when people open up their homes or they have this kind of social aspect of their home. Like people come here to ski, to go on the rope toe. Do you think of yourselves as extroverted? Is it fun to have people around? Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It's the major reason that we do it. Other than that, you know, he loves to ski. It's to be with the people. They're great. They're great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, You don't see too many grumpy people out there on skis. Thanks for listening to Happy Vermont. You can find more stories, podcast episodes, and event listings on my website, happyvermont.com. To help support Happy Vermont, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or sign up to become a paying Patreon member and receive free merchandise. You can also email me at hello at happyvermont.com. Thanks again for listening. Take care and talk to you soon.